received this message uh, during our service this morning that Linda Vickers' mother uh, has passed away, and so we want to keep Linda and her family in our prayers. I don't know when that happened or any other details other than Linda Vickers' mom passed away, and so we want to keep her in our prayers. And also, before I pray, I want you to remember next Sunday is Easter Sunday, and uh, I hope that you will be here, and not only will you be here, but I hope that you will go out this week and invite a neighbor or a friend or a co-worker to be at church with you next week. Studies show that Easter Sunday, obviously, is the most well-attended church service of any Sunday of the year, okay? And also, people are willing to come to church, and a lot of them are just waiting for you to ask them. So don't assume that your neighbor or your friend or your co-worker or whoever has a place to go worship, ask them, and if they say, no, I do not, ask them if they would love to be your guest next Sunday, and uh, that would be fantastic uh, to have an auditorium full of people to hear the good news about Jesus. Let's bow for a word of prayer in this study. Father, we love you and we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the beginning of a new week that we can be with you. Father, this morning our hearts go with Linda Vickers at the passing of her mom. and We pray that you will touch her and comfort her, Father, and, and all the family as they grieve the loss of her mom. Father, also I pray that you will continue to bless us and shower your blessings upon us. And Father, we pray next week as we gather to worship you, for us as your people, it's just another Sunday to come together and celebrate and worship you, because Father, we celebrate the resurrection every day of our life. But we know that those in the world look at next Sunday as, as a special day, a special occasion with it being Easter, and I pray that we can reach out to our friends and neighbors this week and we can encourage them if they do not have a place to come and worship you, we pray that they will be here with us next week as we open up your word and as we study and receive words of encouragement that remind us that we have life because of the death and the burial and the resurrection of your son Jesus. And we celebrate that every day. We're going to celebrate it right now. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, Amen. So I want you to think about these shows from long ago. Andy Griffith. How many Andy Griffith fans do we have in the audience? You better raise your hand. My Three Sons. Leave it to Beaver. How about Gunsmoke? How can you like Gunsmoke more than Andy Griffith? Really? Now, for just a moment... I want you to look at your neighbor, and I just want you to talk real quick about why you loved those shows. Go. I'm giving you permission. You can talk. Okay, that's enough. Okay, here we go. So, I went down here to our teenagers, 
and they all did this over our heads. They said, is Gunsmoke a Western? And the church would say to that, yes. Now, what did we love about those shows? Instead of you giving me all the answers, I'm going to tell you what I loved about them. If you go back to all those shows, and if I left one out, you can insert yours. But here's what was so neat about those shows. Life was pretty simple back then. They didn't have the cell phones and the iPods and the iPads. and They didn't have all of that. But you know what they had? They didn't have near the resources that we have today. But what they had, still resources, I'm not sure they really complained as much. I'm not sure they really griped as much about what they didn't have. They appreciated what they had, and they used it. And you know, in a lot of those shows, you saw a lot of laughter. You saw a lot of talking. You saw families sitting down at a table to eat together, not in a car, not on the run, but they were sitting together as a family, and I know back then, you know, they were, you know, in their suits and ties at 4 o'clock in the afternoons, and we look at that today and say, really? You know, you got to be kidding me. Life was simple back then. They loved each other. They took care of each other. They shared all the resources that they had, and they took care of each other, didn't they? Well, if you hadn't figured out by now, Two weeks in a row at church, you get to come to church and hear more about the favorite topic of giving, right? A couple said amen, okay? Started to kind of skip over this one today since we looked at it last week, but I thought, no, we're going to be true to the 30-week series, and we're going to go with it. And so the more I looked at it, the more I realized we have all of these blessings, all of these resources that God has blessed our life with and so the question is so what so what will you do with those resources and I'm not just talking money I'm talking time I'm talking whatever resource you want to fill in the blank that God has blessed you with what will you do with those resources to give back to somebody else and to bless other people with you see God has given us everything right I mean he has given us everything I want to remind us of a scripture as we begin John chapter 3 verse 16 I want us to say this together for God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life Church, if you don't hear anything else, hear this right now. That is the core of the Christian message. God gave. Now think about it. We couldn't buy it. We didn't earn it. We didn't deserve it. God gave anyway. Look at this scripture. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. God saves you by His grace when you believe. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. 
Salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do good things that he planned for us long ago. We've been blessed with all of these resources at our fingertips. And I mean, if we took just a moment right now to just go up and down the aisles and the rows and say, what resource do you have that God has blessed us with? There is no telling the list that we would come up with of how different they would be. Now, a lot of things in common, but we have so much that God has given us at our fingertips, what will you do with it? He's given us His grace, and He's given us His mercy, and He's given us His love, and He's created us anew in Christ Jesus, Paul says, so we can do good things that He planned for us long ago. Guess what He wants us to do with all the resources that He's blessed us with? He wants us to do good things with them. And he wants us to do good things, not so we can pat ourselves on the back and say, man, look at what I just did, or look at what I just gave, or look at the amount of time that I spent with this elderly person, and, you know, this Christian over here didn't do that. Well, look what I did. It's not about that. It's about you seeing yourself as a gift from God and doing everything that you can to use that gift to bless other people. God is fundamentally a gift giver. It's not just something he does, it is something he is. And so here's the bottom line. Generosity is rooted in the character of God. And so because it's rooted in the character of God, it should also flow from our character. It should also be a part of our very life because God's been generous. He's given to us so in return, we can give back to him. Everything is a gift from God. Think about that for a moment. Your life, your salvation, your spiritual gifts. We've talked about all of those in this series. Your time, your money, all of those things are resources that God has given to you, not just to hold on to, but to give back to other people. These gifts have fallen on us. And did you hear the message of the song this morning? His love and His grace and His mercy have fallen on us. Why? He has shined on us so that we can go out into this dark world and we can be the light. We can be that ambassador for Christ to be used by Him in ways that we can't even begin to see or understand. I want you in your Bibles to flip over to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And I want you to find verse 19. And listen to what Paul says. Here's a resource. Here's a gift. He says, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you've received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price, therefore honor God with your body. Let that soak in for a moment. You are not your own. The way we've sung it this morning was, I am mine no more. 
I've been bought with blood. The blood of Jesus. Was that a gift? Was that a resource that came to us? Yes. At just the time when we needed it the most. Amen? And at just the time when we need that the most, who is it that works? Who is it that intercedes? Who is it that showers those blessings day after day after day upon us? It's the great gift giver, our creator, God himself. God gives to us so that we can give to others. Going back to last week, there are two ways to receive something. You can either receive something with a closed hand, with an attitude that says, it's mine. Remember the french fry story? We love french fries, don't we? We love them so much, we don't even want to share one because it's mine. It's really not. Or, you can have an open hand that just says, it's yours. I'm just borrowing it. Open your hands, have your hands open for a moment. Isn't life, isn't life better living like this than it is just tight-fisted? I mean, boy, you, you tighten those fists, I mean, you're just gonna, you're gonna be just a nervous wreck all of your life, right? Open it up, the blood flows, doesn't it? Man, that helps. Blood flows, life flows through you because of the blood of Jesus. And because of that, we have opportunity to give back to him everything that he's given us. Psalm 24, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. So think about it like this. We are living in borrowed bodies on borrowed time with borrowed resources. Okay? I am mine no more. I've been bought with blood. Your body, it's not yours. It's a temple. It belongs to God. When you decide to give your whole life to Christ, you come up out of the waters of baptism, a brand new person, a new in Christ, as Paul says, guess what? You're not your own anymore. And so what you do with your life and what you do with your body and how you live, you do it to please God. As a servant of Christ, you live within your body so that when people see you, they don't see you they see Christ living in you. There's tremendous freedom in realizing that. And so instead of holding everything so tightly because it's mine, I hold everything loosely because it's his. He gives freely. And all we have to do is receive what he gives and give what he takes. Isn't there freedom in that? Do you see the freedom that comes to us as God's children? 
And so how do we live like this? How do we live in a generous way? Well, if giving is the action, then think about it this way. Generosity is the attitude behind the action. Now, I know giving is an event, and we are wired today to give when we see a cause, when we see a benefit, when we see a fundraiser, when we see what's out in front of us, here's what we're giving to, we're amped to give more, aren't we? But I wonder what would happen if we just realized to live in a generous way is just to understand, check your motivation behind that. God gives because God loves. Do you give because you love? Or sometimes do you just give because, well, everybody else is doing it? Sure don't want somebody to look around and say, see what he did this morning? Remember the poor widow? Remember the rich man? Gave large amounts so people could see him. What did the poor widow do? Gave all she had. Who did Jesus talk about more in that story? The poor widow. Even looked at his disciples and said, that's who you want to be like. Okay? Why? Because she looked at her life and she looked at her resources given by God and she gave it all. And she had every reason to be able to say, I just don't have that much to give, so I'm not going to give that much. She didn't do that. She gave all that she had. What's your motivation for giving? Or, let's ask it this way, what's your motivation for not giving? That question can be asked each way. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7, you must decide in your heart how much to give. Don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Love has to be the motivation for giving. Not pride, not pressure, not obligation, not guilt, not for a tax deduction. We give grudgingly and sparingly. Sometimes we even give regrettably. Or we can give joyfully we can give here's a word radically and again we don't do that so we pat ourselves on the back we do that because we realize like the poor widow i have been blessed with so much how can i not want to give back to the one who gave to me one other scripture look at matthew chapter 6 and i want you to find verse 19 Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. In the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, as he's talking about treasures in heaven, Jesus says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. And he goes on to say, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. 
If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one, Jesus says, can serve two masters. Either you'll, be, you'll hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Who's your master? Who's mastering you right now? Jesus says you cannot serve two masters. And Jesus died on the cross so we could have life. We choose him to be Lord and master over everything, don't we? We choose him to be Lord and master over all. And so, think about it like this. God doesn't really want your money. He wants your heart. And when he has your heart, you know what? Your money's not going to be an issue. Your time's not going to be an issue. Your gifts, whatever resource that may be, will not really be an issue because he has it all. Because he has your heart. Number two, You've got to develop an attitude of gratitude. Be thankful in all circumstances, Paul says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Generosity flows from gratitude. It is impossible to be generous if we're not grateful. Now there's a song in our songbook on page 804. We're going to have it on the screen. And I want us to sing it right now. It's called A Simple Prayer. What a beautiful message this song has. If you know it, please sing along with me. But I want, you to, I want you to listen to the message of this song and let it sink into your heart and let this be our prayer and our motivation every day for the way that we live our life. It is in giving that we receive. It is in pardoning that we are pardoned. And it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Make me an instrument of your peace. I want to know what it's like to follow you. When men look at me, I want them to see the light of the world inside. It is in giving that we receive. It is in pardoning that we are pardoned. And it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Make me an instrument of your peace. I want to know what it's like to follow you. When men look at me, I want them to see the light of the world inside. One more time, you know it now. It is in dying that we receive. It is in pardoning that we are pardoned. And it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Make me an instrument of your peace. I want to know what it's like to find.
men look at me, I want them to see the light of the world inside. When men look at me, I want them to see the light of the world inside. So when people look at you, will they see Jesus? Will they see all these things, these blessings that God has given you? Not just to keep to yourself, but to have an open hand and an open heart that says, it's yours, God. I'm just using it. I'm just borrowing it. What he really wants you to do is give it away to somebody else. And when you do that, you're letting your light shine, and you're being an ambassador for Jesus. I want you to think about that for a moment. And when you think about giving back resources, just think of it that way. Being an ambassador for Christ. Being an ambassador for the one who gave life to me. And so we're going to stand and sing a song of invitation. And while we're singing this song, if you're here and you've never put Christ on in baptism and you want to do that today, we'll help you with that. Maybe you just need prayers from this body. I don't know what your request might be or your response. And most of you will leave, but I pray that you will leave with a response from your heart to be an ambassador for Jesus Christ. Let's stand together as we sing this song.